Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Alternate Football Show here from the Sports Blitz. This is going to be a semi-regular, I guess, podcast looking at the alternate world of football instead of looking at the stuff that the big media outlets cover all the time. Going to be focusing on some of the smaller aspects of the game. So, welcome to the show today. I hope you're doing well. I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. Remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash the sports splits if you want to find where you can listen to this podcast. All episodes of the sports splits are there as well. You're playing the podcast now, so you've found it clearly. And remember to go to the Sports Blitz website for writing about football and other sports. Just Google the sport. Just put the Sports Blitz into your favourite search engine, or if you're a fan of long URLs, go to the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. So, why am I doing another podcast? Is it because I don't know how to spend my time like a normal human? Slightly. Is it because I've now decided that Dulwich Hamlet are the greatest sign of the world? Slightly. But for the most part, you'll know that last week there was a very big story in the world of football from the Premier League regarding a certain club being taken over by a certain state that murders certain people. And so it sort of made me want to reevaluate my sort of love of the game of football. And to be honest... It didn't spark an idea into my head so much as continued an idea in my head that the lower down the game you go, the more authentic and proper it feels. And that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about. It's not going to be just focusing on the small guy, per se. We'll still be talking about big games, may even sometimes focus on some of the top leagues in the world. But it's just talking about more of the stuff that is avoided by the big press, particularly in England, because I find that I'm not a big fan of football media in the UK, or most of football media. Obviously, there are quite a few exceptions. But focusing on the stuff that they don't focus on, so whilst they just talk about you know, the Premier League and the big sides 24-7, and the only time I'd mention European football is when you know they're playing an English side, or they'll focus on the international football as well more than lower league club football that's it's the stuff they don't focus on that i want to focus on on this podcast and there'll be space for other things as well a few episodes planned that aren't going to be about actual football going on on the pitch but that's for later on so hopefully it ends up being quite good hopefully well i'll be honest most important is that i enjoy it because if i don't enjoy it then i'll be honest i'm just going to stop making it but hopefully you enjoy it too. If this finds like even one person and they listen to it and they enjoy it, that'll be that'll be more than good. Obviously, my enjoyment comes first here, but <laughs> if somebody else likes it, that's super as well. And of course, this week it's been the international break in football. All of the countries have been playing to qualify for a World Cup held in a country that's been killing lots of migrant workers. Great. Football. Just wonderful all the time. And I'm not a big fan of the international break. I think I've made my feelings on the international break perfectly clear in the past. But it does give me a chance to talk about the lower leagues and to go into why you should spend your international break not watching international football. I think the international break, more than anything else for me as a non-international football fan, is really the best time to look at new leagues, new teams... 
experience new clubs. It really is a time to focus on the other side of football, the smaller side of football. And I find it quite, you know, I think I've come to enjoy the international break a tad bit more now. You know, I, I focus on these clubs as opposed to in the past where I'd just like stop watching football cold turkey. Or I'd watch like the Friday night fixture from League One on Sky and then forget ever existed ever again. And I wouldn't watch any of the highlights or anything like that. I, I, you know, I try and embrace as many games as possible now from lower leagues. And that's what I've been doing this weekend. Now, granted, it was mostly the clubs I already know. And we'll get into some of them clubs later on. But I, I had time to watch different games. Games I wouldn't normally watch if it wasn't the international break. And I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun doing so and we're going to go into some of them games in a bit though kind of like we did on the beautiful game podcast if you ever listened to that back in the day going to start with my game of the weekend or my alternate game of the weekend i should say obviously there were no big games to talk about per se but i think the game i'm gonna to have to go for for my game of the weekend is gonna to have to be Sutton 4, Port Vale 3 from league two this is the game that the fl on quest decided to go to live and, you know, do their whole show from Sutton United's ground. I'd end up working a treat for them because the Sutton Port Vale game was the best game of the weekend. It was absolutely phenomenal. 4-3, late winner for Sutton. I thought Port Vale were very, very unfortunate to not get a point out of this. And it was a really fun game, but we'll get into later on. But yeah, my game of the weekend, Sutton 4, Port Vale 3, wonderful game. But before we go into Sutton and League 2, I actually want to talk about League 1. And the reason I actually really want to talk about League 1 more than anything else is because I don't think I give enough love to League 1. I started following football in the 2006-07 year. And that was the year that my, my club back then, Leeds, were relegated to League 1. And so my, my early years of following football were all in League One, and that was the league I focused on most, and the league I followed the most, and the league I, I watched the most. I might have watched the Championship a bit more back then still, but I watched an awful lot of League One, obviously, because Leeds were in it, and I wanted to see how the rest of the teams of the league were doing. And once Leeds were promoted to the Championship, I kind of just stopped focusing on it, and I don't think that was the correct decision. I think League One is a wonderful league to, to follow and to watch, and whilst I'm obviously not expecting like a fan of a big club to stop watching their league and to just watch League One, it is a league that's worth paying attention to all of the leagues in football league are. But I feel like, for me particularly, I should have been focusing on League One a lot more than I have been. And maybe to just apologise, I want to focus on League One a lot more on this podcast whenever we actually do it. So that's a bit of a challenge this week. Because there are only four fixtures from League One at all. Most of the games postponed because of international duty for, for the players from the clubs. But there is one game I want to talk about in particular. Plymouth Argyle 2, Burton Albion 1. And I've been quite a big fan of Ryan Lowe's Plymouth for quite a while now. They play really good football. I Whenever I watch them, granted it's always on highlight shows. But they do seem to play really interesting, exciting, attacking football on the ground. They want, they have their identity. They they want to play with it, and and it's really been working for them. And it did it did in this game as well. They were by far the better side to, to start the game, and finally they got their reward when Connor Grant smacked that ball on the half volley. It sort of 
went into the ground and bounced up and went into the net. Fantastic hit from him. Really good goal. Then they got a second when Ryan Hardy did some fantastic work to get into the box and gave his way around the defender and player. A nice little assist for Ryan Broom for the second of the game. Lucas Aikens did get one back for Burton in the second half, but it wasn't enough. Plymouth ran away with the win, and it's the first time, I think, since they were being promoted back to League One, I'm not sure. But it's the first time in a very, very long time that Plymouth have been top of League One. Um, they've really deserved it so far. They've been fantastic for their opening 12 games of the season. And fingers crossed for them, because, it's by the way, it's, Plymouth is the biggest city to never have seen the Premier League, apart from Wakefield, but technically it's very weird. Plymouth are the biggest, or one of the biggest clubs to never see the Premier League, definitely. And, you know, obviously this wouldn't be them getting into the Premier League, but they're a wonderful club. They're playing great football at the moment. They deserve promotion to the championship fingers crossed for them they've not been in the championship since the days of Rory Fallon <laughs> I loved him it was he was such a great player Akos Buzaki when he played for Plymouth as well loved that absolutely phenomenal but fingers crossed for them top of the league at the moment Bo Wickham have a game in hand they're on the same number of points Wigan are only a point behind and have two games in hand the same goes to Sunderland most teams have a game in hand on Plymouth Argyle but can't complain, nearly two points from uh, per game from their opening 12 games. The future's looking really good for Plymouth, they're still moving in the correct direction. For Burton, we've seen them in the Championship recently, of course, but 16 points from 12 games seems about right. The other scores in League 1, by the way, Ipswich 2, Shrewsbury 1, the sort of result you expect from Ipswich. They're still underperforming, considering the pre-season hype, 14th in the league at the moment. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Bolton 0 in the battle of the sides, too big to be in League 1. And both sides still doing well in the table. The only goal of the game coming from Lee Gregory, the former Millwall and Derby and Stoke forward. Moving Sheffield Wednesday close to the playoffs now, only one point behind MK Dons in that final playoff spot. And the other game from League 2 was Wickham 2, Gillingham 0, Gav McCleary and Brandon Hanlon with the only goals of the game. Wickham in second place, as we mentioned earlier, in the League 1 table. Okay, we're going to go down to League 2 now. There's a few games I want to point out from League 2, starting off with Havoget 6, Scumthorpe 1. Oh, oh wow. This scoreline, it's really not deceptive. Havoget found it far, far, far too easy to get through the Scumthorpe defence. And uh, it was honestly just depressing. And I like Havoget and I like Scumthorpe. So, you know, I shouldn't really be disappointed by any score. But Jesus Christ, Scumthorpe are bottom of League 2 after the first 11 games, only on 7 points. And to be honest, that is in no way a sort of underperforming team. They're playing at their level, seemingly. This this is how they've been all year. Only scored 7 goals, conceded 23 for their first 11. You'll be surprised to hear that no team's even in their sort of like postal code when it comes to goals conceded. They have scored more than Oldham, but, you know, it's a very minor victory. I don't know how this gets better for them, to be honest. I'm I'm really worried about Scunthorpe. I think they're probably going to drop into non-league if, if results 
keep going the way they are. Well, obviously, if the results keep going the way they are, they're currently last. Fingers crossed for them, though. Like I said, I actually really like Scunthorpe. So, it would be nice to see them stay in the Football League. Have a good, though. Have a good, currently second in the league table. 22 points from their opening 11 games. Only a point behind Forest Green Rovers, who, of course, lost this weekend to Swindon in the early kickoff on Sky. And I thought it was a surprise, to be honest, when they were promoted from the National League North all those years ago. Then they get promoted from the National League in what was a big surprise to me, beating Notts County in the playoff final. And now they're looking like genuine contenders for promotion to League One. Havergate. Tiny little Havergate. Havergate is like just York, but smaller, in my opinion. As somebody who lived in York for, for many years. And it would be so nice to see them keep moving up the football table. They are they really are a wonderful feel-good story. Simon Weaver has done a wonderful job since becoming the Havergate manager back in 2008, I want to say. Incredible, absolutely incredible, and a lot of credit needs to go Havergate's way for how they've handled themselves, not only this season, but since getting promoted from the National League North all those years ago. I said we'd come back to this game, Sutton 4, Port Vale 3, really was the game of the weekend in my opinion, and it looked like the game was going a very different way at first, Port Vale racing to a 2-0 lead, got two goals in seven minutes, the goals coming from Nathan Smith and Jamie Proctor, but then... Sutton, towards the end of the first half, they got a really lucky break in my eyes. Robert Milsom's shot from outside the box, sort of deflecting and bobbling its way into the net. And that's exactly what they needed. Because it meant that they only went into the half-time break, one goal down. And then, in the second half, obviously, the game changed entirely. They got an equaliser for a very unfortunate own goal from Ben Gavity. And then, Port Vale did retake the lead. With a really good hit into the bottom corner from Tom Conlon. But Sutton would get the win in the end. First with Will Randall getting a header in the 87th minute. Before defender Kobe Rowe would eventually get the final touch on the ball. Before it crossed the line in the 91st minute. After the most League 2 scrap for the ball you have ever seen in your life. It was one of them very typical moments where the ball comes into the box and, and no one quite is able to handle it and they, they all just keep sort of flailing their body towards the ball and everyone's trying to get a foot on it desperately whilst not fouling anyone and Kobe Rowe eventually got his, his foot on the ball and went in but it was fantastic, it was very typical sort of League 2 sort of football and it was fantastic to see and credit to Sutton because they have been playing phenomenally to start the season 7th in the league at the moment, 17 points after 10 games. That means they've also got a game in hand on everyone above them. If they win that, then they'll go 3rd. 3rd. Sutton. And Matt Gray speaking after the game to Quest. And I, I will be honest, as somebody who really likes Citation Needed, the YouTube series, whenever I hear Matt Gray, I always think it's the guy off Citation Needed. But... <laughs> Speaking after the game to Quest, Matt Gray said that the chairman last year had said that his aim for the club that season was to keep Sutton in the National League. That's where their expectations were. They were just hoping to survive in the National League and, of course, they ended up going up. 
And apparently the chairman said, well, you failed in keeping us in the National League. So, really funny story. But it does point out just how low the expectations were at the start of last year. And now, they have the chance to go into promotion places in League 2. It's absolutely phenomenal. Great job by Matt Graham and staff there at Sutton United to, to get them to this level. And they deserve a lot of credit for, for doing so. For, for Port Vale, I have a lot of faith in Daryl Clark as a manager. And obviously still fourth in the league. And they were, as he pointed out, they were unlucky to lose this game. I don't think they deserved to lose. I think they more than deserved a point from this game. And I obviously no long-term worries going forward. They're exceptional. Defence is a bit of an issue, but... For the most part, there, there aren't any issues that you you look at when when you look at Paul Vera, you don't think they can't be ironed out. In my opinion, and I, I will I will acknowledge that I say all this as a underqualified person when it comes to League Two. This is just what I see from the brief moments of League Two that I see. So, make of my analysis what you will, but. In the League 2 table, Forest Green top it, 23 points from 11 games. Havergate and Swindon currently in the automatic promotion places. Port Vale, Tranmere, Leighton, Norway and Sutton in the playoff spots. And it is worth mentioning, actually, one of the other games in League 2 this weekend. Hartlepool United 2, Northampton 1. Obviously, Hartlepool winning the playoff to get promoted from the National League into League 2 last year. So, they're also doing well alongside Sutton. At the other end of the table, as we mentioned, Scunthorpe, 7 points from 11 games. Oldham, 8 points from 11 games in the other relegation spot. Carlisle, Mansfield and Colchester all on 10 points. I want to talk about non-league football for a bit, which is another area of the game that I really need to increase my knowledge on. Especially if I'm going to host a show called The Alternate Football Show. But one game I really want to talk about, obviously, Southend nil, Chesterfield 4 in the National League. Southend not having the best year by any means. A big loss against Chesterfield and obviously having been relegated from League 2 with big financial worries. They come with it 20th in the National League on 8 points. Level on points with Weymouth in the relegation places. And it once again spilled over at Southend. Fans stormed onto the pitch. In the second half, I think, after the fourth goal had gone in sometime around the 75th minute. And caused a brief suspension of the game. The game was finished. But, obviously, everyone left with an ugly taste in their mouth. The situation at Southend is truly terrible. And it's a reminder that not everything is obviously rosy. The lower down the league you go. And... It's such a great club, Southend, and such a hub for the community that you really hope that something good happens, Some, that Southend fans get the conclusion they're looking for. Fingers crossed for them. I do wish them all the best in finding a new owner, but for the time being, it's not looking great. It definitely doesn't look fun to be a Southend fan at the moment. Talking about a team who need a new owner as well, York City. Please get rid of Jason McGill. Obviously, I started doing all of this at University of Radio York and lived in York for, what, five years? No, four years. Four years. And would love to go back. And so I thought that, you know, if I'm going to do this podcast occasionally, I should talk about how York City are doing. They beat Southport 3-1 
at the weekend. Goals coming from Matthew Brown, Killy Bright and Oliver Dyson. And yeah, they, they deserve the win, to be honest. They were by far the best side. The game kicked off with chance of sack the board and pretty much continued with chance of sack the board. But the performance on the pitch was really good. Credit to the team, at least, and to Dave Watson, who hopefully they'll now start to improve. They should be one of the favourites to go up this year. They are only ninth in the league at the moment. 12 points from 8 games. But maybe they turn the corner. I hope they turn the corner. They've been in the National League North for far too long now. For the size of the club, they are the worst professional football club in Britain at the moment. So, Or in England at the moment. So, woo! But... Yeah, more stories of security confiscating scarves and banners that the owners don't like, which, you know, just is a sign of an immaculately run football club. Great, thanks. But for the most part, you know, the performance was good. Let's just be happy about that. Next week, they are qualifying for the FA Cup. They're taking on Morpeth Town, so fingers crossed for York City. The other game I want to talk about from the sixth tier of English football Dulwich Hamlet nil, Billericay Town 2. By the way, I should mention that both York and Dulwich Hamlet set their attendance records this weekend, so well done on that. York's attendance record to the Alnear Stadium, not their attendance record of all time, which obviously is from, was it an FA Cup game against Arsenal in the 50s? It was like far more than the ground should be able to hold Birmingham Man, this was obviously in the days of standing. But yeah, Dulwich Hamlet anyway. A ground where you can stand, really good. But yeah, they lost 2-0 to Billy Ricky Town. They did set their attendance record. So that's good. But it was such a frustrating game because Dulwich Hamlet were just by far the better side. They should have absolutely ran away with it. And yet, they make two clumsy defensive errors. And that's all they have. It's just small defensive errors. And Billy Ricky Town, who I don't think had won before, for the game against Dulwich Hamlet in the league this year. Billy Ricky Town capitalised and got their two goals through defensive errors and that was enough for them. That was enough for the win. Yeah, that was their first win of the season as well, Billy Ricky. So, great. It means Dulwich Hamlet a 10th on 11 points after seven games. Look, they're not going to challenge for promotion this year or maybe any year in the near future. But... They're just a wonderful club, and I wrote an article about them on Sports Blitz a while ago, if you want to read, um, read why I'm talking about Dulwich Hamlet, but, yeah, I, I'm, it was a disappointing game. I, I listened to the whole thing on their radio feed, which they do, but, <sighs> disappointing. Anyway... I do want to quickly move on and talk about Spanish football because, obviously, weirdly, the second tier in Spain, the Segunda Division, still plays during the international break. And I've never understood why, but I've always been grateful. There are two games I want to talk about from this weekend, and I'll start with Mirandes 3, Abar 3. And, yeah, really exciting game. One that Abar really should have won. I don't say that just because... I would say that Miranda's a weaker opposition than Abar anyway, but also because they were, for me, comfortably the better side in this game. They didn't start off well, though, and Miranda's took the lead at Barroso with a really good volley. Fantastic hit from him. You can watch all the highlights on YouTube, by the way, if you live in the UK. I believe the only commentary is in Spanish, so make that what you will. And if you have 
Premier Player or, you know, a subscription to La Liga TV in whatever way you get that. But I'm pretty sure they're still doing the highlights this year. The, the full package highlights show in English on La Liga TV, which is really good. But anyway, Mirandes took the lead early on in the eighth minute. Really good volley from Barroso. And then Abar equalised. Martinez, I don't know how it went in, but it did in the first second minute. Abar got a penalty after that. That made it 2-1. And then um, Exposito made it 3-1. Really good finish into the top corner. Mirandes did get one back in the 72nd minute. Vicente getting a penalty. And then they, even though Abar had been the better side for most of the game, they blew it. Giving away another goal in the 90th minute. It was just so disappointing. Because I thought Abar were going to hold on to win. But... It just didn't happen for them. It was just so disappointing. They are still playing really well there. You know, clearly one of the playoff contenders in the Segunda this season at least. And maybe could go for promotion. But I kind of wanted more in this game. And I expected more against a middle of the table Miranda side. It was just disappointing. And to blow it in the way they did, I, I just wasn't happy. Real Oviedo 1, Sporting Gijón 1, and one of the more intense, one of the more exciting rivalries in Spain. Even when it's not the international break, I highly recommend you watch Oviedo Gijón because it is a wonderful rivalry. And it was really feisty throughout this whole game, and it was really nice to have the crowd back, obviously, last year. There were no crowds for this game, and, you know, the derby was lacking because of it. This time, there were crowds who were getting on top of the players. The players were, you know fighting with each other, not like ice hockey fighting or anything like that, but they were proper going for it. And it was just a really interesting, high-intensity game, and Oviedo did take the lead. Achillado scoring in the 29th minute, I think that's how you say his name. It was a really good controlled volley from him. Fantastic sort of finish. Go and look up the highlights if you can. And then Dodevic scoring for... Gijón in the 83rd minute, and it was a really good chip. Both goals were absolutely fantastic, really well taken. Sort of the quality that, if you're not used to the Segunda, you wouldn't expect from the league. And we even talked last year when I did my Best League in the World article that don't get many goals per game in the Segunda, or you didn't last year anyway, I don't know about this year. But two really good finishes. It was an absolutely fantastic game to watch. Go and watch highlights if you can. And also, if you are new to the Segunda... Copper 90 Stories on YouTube did a Derby Days episode on the Oviedo-Gijón rivalry and it was absolutely fantastic. I would highly recommend watching it. There was another game I watched from the Segunda this weekend. It was another Derby as well and it was Zaragoza against Huesca and it was 0-0 and it was a bad game. So we're just not going to talk about it. Final game I actually want to mention then comes from the Campionat National in France, the third tier in France. Avranches nil Red Star Paris 6. Just wanted to mention it because Red Star Paris won 6-0 and it was absolutely fantastic to see that. I do love them. And obviously, I won't surprise you to hear it all, but that score doesn't particularly flatter Red Star. It was a really dominant performance. They're 10th in the league at the moment. They're playing really well and credit to them. It was a fantastic performance. And I loved watching it. And you can get the highlights of that on YouTube as well if you want to watch it. So I essentially wanted to go through all these games to point out that 
the international break doesn't have to be an international break. It can be a chance to explore different football and, for me, better football and to go down into the lower leagues and embrace, you know, the not often seen, the not often publicised players. And that's what I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed watching the League 1 and League 2 games and going over to the Secunda Division. And that is something I don't do enough for me. And so the chance to do that again in the international break, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I recommend that when the next international break comes along in whenever, that you do it too as well. So... I'm going to do my alternate games of the weekend. So my favourite games from this weekend in the world of football that are from the sort of leagues that we talk about on this podcast. So starting off with Friday fixture, West Brom against Birmingham. Obviously a Midlands derby in the championship. Uh, great to have a championship back. I think for me it's that and this fight to Bundesliga, which are my favourite leagues in the world. And so watch the championship. Absolutely should be a fantastic game between... A West Brom side who are challenging for the title and the Birmingham side who are looking much better this year with Lee Boyer in his second year in charge of the club or at least first full season in charge of the club obviously came in partway through last season. And yeah, hopefully it'll be a really exciting game. It's Friday night football, kicks off at 8 o'clock. Then on Saturday, quite a lot of good games on Saturday. First of all, Fulham versus QPR. Two sides who have started off the season while in the championship. Two sides who I think will be up there at the end of the year. I predicted that Fulham would win the league and that QPR would get into the playoffs. They've started off as they mean to go on. Fulham have been a bit dodgy recently, but I think these are two really interesting, entertaining sides and I think it should be a really good game. Then my other game, it's a game I wouldn't have picked at the start of the year because I would have thought it was terrible. But it has proven itself to be quite the game. Blackburn against Coventry. Going in to the game, Coventry sit in third place in the championship on 22 points from their first 11 games. Blackburn are eighth on 16 points from their first 11 games. And they've been playing really well. Both of the sides. Both the sides have been overachieving for me. Blackburn have been struggling recently before the international break. They lost their last two matches. So, obviously not preferable. And I don't think they played anyone really big in those two matches. They played Huddersfield and Blackpool. But then again, Huddersfield have started off the season surprisingly well. So, who knows. The Championship is an absolute wild league. And of course, if you do watch this game, 3 o'clock kick-off. So, those of you overseas will have to use iFollow. It's is a surprisingly good game between two surprisingly good sides who I had nowhere near this high in the table. So hopefully it'll be a really entertaining game if you decide to go to it. Do want to mention then my League One game of the day, Oxford against Plymouth. Plymouth enter this game top of League One. They've been putting in some exceptional performances. We talked about them when we talked about their 2-1 win against Burton. Meanwhile, for Oxford, they're also a really good side, just on the outside of the playoff places. They've got 18 points from their first 11 games. They are eighth in the league, only one point behind the MK Dons. And they've been getting impressive results this season, including last time out, they beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 at Hillsborough. And, of course, before that, they beat Accrington 5-1 at home. So, they have been putting in some really good performances. I think it should be a great game. My League 2 game of the weekend is Crawley against Sutton. We talked about Sutton as well. They've been the real overachievers in League 2 this season. They've been playing absolutely phenomenally. And if they can get a win away at Crawley, 
who are ninth in the league, 17 points for their first 11 games, then that will be seriously impressive as well. So it should be a great game to watch between, it looks like, two very even sides, both on 17 points, though Sutton have played a game less. Do obviously have to mention the 12.30 kickoff in the Spider Bundesliga between Heidenheim and St. Pauli. Not just to once again tell you that St. Pauli are top of the Spider Bundesliga at the moment, though it is very nice to say that Heidenheim are going to present a really big challenge for the boys in brown. They're a really good side. Obviously, two years ago, they were in the promotion relegation game to the Bundesliga. So, I'm a bit worried. Heidenheim themselves currently sit sixth in the league on 15 points after nine games. So, they are a really, really good side. And, of course, do have to mention that it's FA Cup qualification. There are lots of games to point out. Though, the ones I really want to talk about, first of all, Marine against Wrexham. You might remember last year, Marine got to the fourth round of the FA Cup and played Tottenham. And they're back in FA Cup action this weekend. They're taking on Wrexham, of course, recently were bought by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. So, Hollywood Wrexham taking on very not Hollywood Marine, though, obviously, heavily publicised Marine recently. And, of course, I do have to mention as well that York City are taking on Morpeth Town in the FA Cup. So, hopefully, they get through to the first round as well. And then, final game to mention, Swansea versus Cardiff. I shouldn't have to tell you that that is a very big derby in the Championship. And a derby that's going to be taking place between two sides who are at the wrong end of the table. Right next to each other as well, I'm the same number of points. Swansea 19th, Cardiff 20th, 11 points after 11 games. Neither side have started the season well. It's weird because I feel like Cardiff have been putting in some really good performances recently. And of course, Russell Martin does have Swansea playing in the right way, but they're not always getting results. But then again, I'm not particularly surprised. I sort of predicted them for doom at the start of the year if you read my championship predictions. Though, even though it might not be a game that's high on quality, these are two sides who can play really good football. And it's also going to be a fast game because Swansea versus Cardiff always is. Anyway, that's all the time we have on the first episode of the Alternate Football Show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back at some point to talk about whatever we want from the world of football. Hope to see you then. But until then, I've been Alex Woodward. Have a good rest of your day. Goodbye.